you know, they'll try kale salad at home, but I'm not sending something that their friends might think is suspicious, you know, looking not because they have to fit in, but like I said, it's to get them fed. That's the point of lunch, not to, you know, have something that's intimidating. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 191. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome, welcome, veggie lovers. Thank you so much for joining me on Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, we have the fabulous Dr. Dudley, who is also a pediatrician, who's gonna be talking about how she packs her kids' lunchboxes. She has four kids that are in school that she has to pack lunchboxes for every day. They're plant-based. She has excellent tips. I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a second. But first of all, I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. For those of you that don't already or haven't already voted on Veg News, the Veggie Awards, please go to vegnews.com forward slash Veggie Awards and vote for my podcast, Veggie Doctor Radio, because I got selected as one of the podcasts on the top podcast of the year for 2021, which is great. And I would really appreciate your vote. In addition, if you haven't already bought my book, A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. I talk about how to feed kids, what to feed kids. I talk about lifestyle medicine. This book is going to help you, whether you have younger kids, older kids, whether you're a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, a babysitter, we all feed kids. So so this book is really helpful for everybody. Grab a copy. It's available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. You can find it at all major booksellers. You can request it at your local bookstore, or you can ask your library to carry it. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. Remember that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult their doctor. All right, y'all know that feeding kids can be hard. We have to be able to develop routines and habits that make it easier for us to feed ourselves, feed our kids, and... Dr. Dudley is giving us those tips in today's episode. So who is this Dr. Dudley? Dr. Ann Dudley is a board certified pediatrician working in an outpatient clinic in Southwest Michigan. She is trained in culinary medicine through the Health Meets Food program. When not in the clinic, she is a physician lead at Spectrum Health, where she teaches culinary medicine to pediatric and family practice residents. Dr. Dudley teaches medical students and residents regularly in her office and was voted Teacher 
of the year in 2020. She just sounds amazing. She incorporates healthy lifestyle education into all of her patient visits, encouraging families to follow plant-based eating habits. She is the proud wife of her anesthesiologist husband and mother of five children ranging from ages nine years to two months. Her family has been plant-based since 2017, and you can find the meals and lunch boxes Dr. Dudley serves her family on her Instagram account at deliciously Dr. Dudley, and that's the word deliciously, D-R, and then Dudley is D-U-D-L-E-Y. And that's how I found her. I started following her on Instagram and I was just amazed because I have to admit, my kids' lunchboxes don't look that amazing and I have to coach them because they do their own lunchboxes because I'm kind of lazy, but... I kind of now am inspired to maybe try to pack their lunches maybe once a week so that they feel like I still am a nice mom um, and that would be really special for them. But I know that a lot of you have younger kids that cannot pack their own lunch boxes yet. So this is gonna be really helpful because I know I get this question a lot. What do I put in my child's lunch box? How do I pack that lunch box and make sure that it's balanced? This is the episode for you. All right, I will stop talking because I want you to have plenty of time to listen to this episode. So let's go. Dr. Ann Dudley, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you, Dr. Yami. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's so lovely to meet you. I have been following you on Instagram and seeing these amazing, beautiful lunches that you pack for your children. And I've gotten lots of requests to do a podcast episode about packing lunches for plant-based kids. I have two kids myself, but I don't pack their lunches anymore because I guess I'm a lazy mom. So <laughs> I was like, I don't feel like I am the expert anymore at doing this, but you are definitely the expert. So if there's anybody that's expert, <laughs> it's you, okay? Because they're amazing. But before that's we so get sweet. into that, I wanna hear about your plant-based journey. How did you find out about plant-based nutrition? How did you get into it? Tell me all the details. Yes, you know, this is um, a really interesting topic because I knew what veganism was. I knew that that existed, you know, in my meager week or two of nutrition information that I learned in medical school. I just knew that it existed. But I had a patient of mine approach me in 2017 in my pediatric clinic, and she asked me, what do I need to know to feed my child a whole food plant-based diet? And I had no idea what she was talking about, and it was embarrassing to me. I, I couldn't help her. I said, I don't know what you need to know. Like, you're supposed to know if you're the one asking me the question, you know? So that really um, inspired me to start looking into what that meant. I, you know, I didn't feel that I could give her adequate advice because I didn't even know what, what it meant or what that looked like. So I started researching what, what is a whole food plant-based diet. And once I was able to get some information, you know, I had to kind of pull resources together, kind of Google things, you know, try to find what does this mean? And, you know, watching all the, the documentaries that we've all seen, I said, wow, this, this mom really knows what she's talking about. This is something that we should all be doing and that we should be doing for our children. And that, well, that was it for me. Like it was a week or two later that I said, honey, we're doing this new thing. I'm getting rid of all the meat and dairy in the house. And us and our four children are going to be starting this journey. Again, that was in 2017 and we haven't looked back since. So it was a steep learning curve, but that's how it all started. Wow, okay, I wanna stop right here 
and highlight something very important because just the other day I was on something, I don't know, somebody was interviewing me for something. And I remember saying to the person asking the question that it's really important if your physician isn't plant-based, if they're not familiar with plant-based, to be gentle about it and you know, don't be mean or anything like that, but talk to them about it and bring them information because I've heard so many stories of physicians, once they learn about it, once they actually read the books and read the literature, they're like, oh yeah, how come I didn't know this already? So right. I'm glad that you're like the perfect example of that. When patients come to doctors with compassion, with openness and say, hey, can you learn more about this so that we can help each other out? Exactly. Yeah. And and I wanted to help her, you know, and I said, I have no idea. You know, I, I talk about feeding kids all day long, but I don't know what you're saying. And like you said, the, the evidence was, was, you know, I, I couldn't ignore it. Once I learned about it, I said, this is it. This is what we all need to do. Like it, I'm so convinced after reading only a few things that this is it. We're changing wow. our life right now. Wow. Okay. Well, your husband's also a physician. Whenever you told him, honey, we're making this very drastic <laughs> change, how did he react? You know, he's an, he's an anesthesiologist. Um, so I, I joke that like, that's a very specific kind of doctor. Like I'm the real doctor because I actually talk to my <laughs> patients. You know, you just make them go to sleep. <laughs> you just make them feel comfortable and go night night, you know? And so he's also from Wisconsin. So telling oh. him, hey, we're going to cut out meat and cheese, this was a big deal. Um, so once I showed him the evidence and the data and I said, you know, like, look at look at this. This is so compelling. He said, okay, you're right. I'll try it. Let's try it for a couple of weeks. And we sort of didn't talk because it was really hard for a couple of weeks once we got started. And um, at the end of like two weeks, I said, do you feel differently? And he said, I, I feel better. Like, I didn't know that I didn't feel good, but now I feel better. And that was, that was it for both of us. We said, okay, this is something that we have to keep doing. Wow. And how old were your kids at that time? So our oldest was five and then we had a three and a half year old and our twins were 15 months, I believe. Um, so they had only been having solids for, you know, several months, but not for, for a very long time. So since then we've been, you know, I can't say a hundred percent cause there's been some times that they've had bites of food, um, from other diets, but it's nearly 100% since that time. So the oldest one wasn't super old. They weren't like in middle school or high school where it can become Correct. a little bit more difficult. But did they protest at all or ask questions? How was the transition? They cried about bacon. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> they cried. <laughs> they said, okay, last weekend you gave us bacon with our pancakes. Like, what's up, mom? And they didn't like that very much. Um, but you know, now they say like, I can't believe that that's what we used to do, you know, and um, they they have come full circle and now they're even their own little advocates, you know, talking to their friends and that kind of thing. But yes, I definitely think that it would be more difficult if the kids were older and they were not as, um, you know, in the home as often and not necessarily under our control as far as who's purchasing the groceries. I think that that would definitely be harder. But for us, it was kind of like, this is what we're, this is what we're doing. So let's move forward. Beautiful. I love it. All right. So you kind of already started talking about the next question, which is what are your perspectives and what is your what are your thoughts on raising plant-based children? You're also a pediatrician, so you can look at this from a medical standpoint. So you've been in it for a few years. You're raising your kids that way. What do you think about it? I think that this is the, you know, a, a well-planned whole food plant-based diet, or at least a well-planned 
plant predominant diet is the healthiest lifestyle that we can allow our children and our families to engage in. And I think that as you as you probably know, also being a pediatrician, it seems like we have all the adult data first and then the, the pediatric data comes later. And so I think that in this field, I've found a paucity of data um, specifically regarding kids. But it makes sense to me that we have all of this information about adults, that if it is the healthiest for them, that that will trickle down. You know, if we can help prevent these disease processes from starting, then obviously they won't have those concerns when they're older. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, this is something that we should, you know, that we should definitely do and that we can raise kids who can thrive, you know, not only survive, but thrive and be very healthy and strong and, you know, live their best lives on this diet. And I think also it's it's a cool thing to talk about, um, especially if you're making a transition and it's not what they've been doing their whole life because it really allows the discussion of this is why we take care of our bodies and this is something that we want to maintain and this is why it's important that we're doing this, you know, for so many reasons. Um, and it allows us to engage in that conversation of like, you are the boss of your body in, in so many ways. Um, and this is one way that we're hoping that you can help take care of yourself. That's so beautiful. Yeah, that emphasis on well-being, but also starting those longevity talks with our children. You know, it's hard when you're a kid, you you feel invincible, you're not really thinking about being 80, 90, or 100, but I think they do understand what it means to feel good, to have that energy, to have that well-being, to do the things you yes. want to do, because that's what kids mostly do, is a lot of things they want to do. They're not like us, where we feel like we have to adult all the time, you know? And so right. I think they really can relate to that. Yes, absolutely. And it, and it's empowering when they know this makes me feel good when I do it this way and it doesn't make me feel good when I do it that way. You know, like mm -hmm. my daughter, the oldest especially, she's um, almost 10 now. She's nine and a half, almost 10. She'll say like, oh, my tummy didn't feel great because, you know, so-and-so brought in a treat for school and I had it, you know, because I let them have a treat if, it, if mm -hmm. it's what they choose. And she said, I didn't feel that great. So I'm not going to have a treat after dinner tonight, you know? And so I think that's empowering to know, like yes. you said, I want that energy and I don't want to not feel well. So yes. I'm going to do what I think is best for my body. Oh, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. So let's talk about feeding kids because you have several. <laughs> you have five yes, <laughs> children, five children, which I have is a like whole handful. Yeah. A very large family, you know, like the average family just has two point three or something kids. So you have right. seven humans that you need to feed. And I'm just here thinking, and you're a pediatrician and your husband's a physician. I don't know how you do all this stuff, but how do you stay organized? How do you stay focused on your goal of wanting to eat whole plant foods instead of just every night calling for pizza? Yeah. You know, I think that I'm, I'm hoping that this is, um, 
helpful and helps lower the bar and helps lower the expectations because I am not a well-planned type of person. You know, I'm not the person who's meal planning all the time. I like to have ideas and I'll write them down, but I'm not like, okay, Tuesday, you know, taco Tuesday every night, you know, something like that. You know, we do kind of joke about that sometimes and sometimes it does fall into alignment that way. But really the thing that helps me the best is to you know, every week sort of mentally take stock, like what groceries do I need? And so then that helps me prepare um, what possible meals I could make. But the thing that is the fallback for me, like when I'm tired, when we don't have time, when we're rushing to go somewhere, or when we, you know, know that our schedule isn't going to mesh well with cooking, is having a well-stocked pantry and having a freezer of things that we can make that are healthy. If that's, you know, frozen vegetables, if that's, you know, canned beans, um, like we have, uh, like jars of rice or bags of rice or things that we can prepare quickly that we know are easy and that our kids will, will enjoy every time that we make them. I think that that's very helpful. Also having, um, batch cooked some meals. So let's say on Sunday, if I make something, I'll make sure that I can double the recipe or, or in our case, often triple or quadruple the recipe so that I actually have extra. And I'll freeze, um, for example, the sauce or the extra rice or beans that we make so that there is something to serve for the lunches or for a dinner later in the week. Um, that's something that's really been helpful. But I mean, do we sometimes want to call for takeout or do we do that? Yes, but we also try to, to kind of follow the, the 80-20 like you talk about or like a 90-10 even if we can rule in that we know that there are going to be days that we're going to have something that's maybe not as healthy. So let's try to do our best the rest of the time when we can. Um, and I think that that's really, really helpful. Uh, I love those tips and it's so aligned with my philosophy. Now I will say that around here, Taco Tuesday is sacred. So yes. <laughs> no matter what, I will figure out some sort of taco to make on Tuesday, but it's also low key, low stress. I mean, literally yes. I just throw things together. It's not anything gourmet. Like during the weekdays is not gourmet cooking around here. But right. I love how you're emphasizing working smarter, not harder. What can we have available in the freezer, in the pantry? What can we batch yes. cook on the weekends so that it doesn't feel like this mad rush and this mad dash to make meals? It's like, all right, we can pull this together. And it sounds Absolutely. to me like your kids are also, they are accustomed to eating simply as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, yes. And so another thing that's, you know, that's cool is that yes, we eat simply and, and I'll kind of keep a running r record of the meals that I know work. And I, and I kind of joke about taco Tuesday cause we could eat tacos every day. So that's kind <laughs> taco of like, every day, <laughs> taco every day basically. But, um, you know, that's something that they like, but also like what other family favorites do we have that we can make quickly, you know? So like, even if it's just pasta, but can we put lentils in the sauce, mm -hmm. you know, to make it more hearty or can we add beans or something? So knowing that, but then probably once or twice a week, we will use like a meal kit service. Um, and we like doing that if, if we have time. And sometimes that ends up being just like my lunch or my husband's lunch if he's post-call and it might not be our family dinner, but our kids love trying all of those new um, flavors. A lot of them are very culturally diverse meals. And so our kids love that and they'll have real spicy things or things, you know, maybe from other um, areas of the world that we haven't had those meals before and they like trying those things. So that's helpful. And then we'll keep those in our repertoire for later. Um, and a lot of them are so simple. It's like, why didn't I think of that? 
you know, like African peanut stew. That's so easy. Why didn't I make that before, you know, and then just keeping that in our, in our repertoire. So. Oh, that's so cool. So you can add little bursts of novelty and excitement here and there, but also it's not stressful because it comes you know, arrange so that you can throw it together. Do you have yeah. names of what services you've tried? Because I haven't tried any of those. So I know that there's like so many now. Yeah, there are a lot in the one. So we, we used to do it before when I, um, even before we had five kids, when we only had a couple kids, we would do something, um, some of the other services that I won't mention because they don't have vegan options. But we thought that that was helpful, you know, when we were both busy and I was working a little bit more. Now I'm part-time more. But um, purple carrot is what we've been using for the last several years, and we do it most of the year. So once or twice a week, we will have a you know um, one of those meals. But then if we're on vacation or if it's summertime and things are a little bit more loose in, in our schedule, we won't we'll we'll take a break for several weeks or months. Um, but those have been really helpful and really interesting and exciting meals. And what I like about it also is that once I've used it for so long, I build up free meals. And so I can send those to somebody as an option to try. Oh. So I've even sent those to patients. And so they, you know, it's, it's sort of like a coupon. So I send that yeah. to them and then they've said, oh my gosh, I do like plant-based cooking. So that's been really cool also. So nice. And then do your kids help with the meal preparation when those come in? They help with those, but they help other times too. Um, especially my eight-year-old and five-year-old, they, they like to help um, cook. Um, I don't know if that's just, you know, kind of their personality, but they're the ones that always seem to jump up on the stool and try to help wash and chop and stir the pots and stuff. Um, they love doing that. So any time of the week, I think that's really helpful for them to be engaged in the kitchen to want to try new things. You know, that's a technique that I, I recommend for my patients that they get their kids in the kitchen with them. Um, I think that's really helpful. And it pays off in so many ways. My kids are 12 right. and almost 17, and they do their own cooking on Sunday nights for the family, which is great because yes. I can go for a walk. I can just lay on the couch. Right. They consult me. I'm like the head, you know, I'm like the head chef. So they come and they consult yes. me if they have a question about something, but I don't have to do the chopping. I don't have to do any of that. It's I'm excited awesome. for that day, Dr. <laughs> yeah. Dom. You're it's coming me, uh, soon. Encouraged. It's yeah. coming soon. You're going to love it. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk specifically about lunch boxes because this can be a point of anxiety for parents, specifically plant-based parents, because they're not sure what to put in there. They're they're just kind of at a loss. What do I put in the lunch box? So what tips do you have for packing lunches for plant-based kids? Yeah, this is like obviously one of my favorite topics and that's why I started my Instagram account because I would try to be talking to parents about this and they would be like, what do you mean? Like, what does that look like? You know, I, I need a visual and I would pull up pictures on my phone of, you know, lunches that I would pack, you know, for one or two of my kids at the time. Now I have four that are in school. So, you know, it's kind of grown exponentially, but I would say, you know, what about like this? Like, what about a plate like this? Could you put this in a lunchbox? Or what about this lunch, you know, meal? Could you replicate this? And then I said, you know what, would it be helpful if I just gathered these all in one place? So that's how that Instagram account started. And I like to think of the lunchbox, you know, and there's so many options of different like bento boxes and, and little kits that you can have, but really you just need like a rectangular Tupperware container, um, you know, and how can you put the plant-based plate into that um, specific container, you know? So how can you add a grain, a fruit, a veggie, 
a, a protein food and a healthy fat food. And so I try to think of that basic concept, like that plant-based plate, and then putting those in the different sections of the lunchbox. And for our kids, they have snack in the morning and then also lunch. And those would be offered at school, um, the lunch would be, but even before we were plant-based, I, I knew I was gonna pack the lunches because I know how school lunches in America are. Um, and I wanted to make sure that we had healthier options that were consistent with what our values were at home. So um, I think that for the lunch, if you can do the things that you know your kids like, it's not a time to try something new. You know, they're hungry and they're opening up their lunchbox and they're in front of their friends. And it's a great time to have their favorites that they're accustomed to so that you know that they're going to be eating them and that they're energized. Because the point of school is to learn and to have energy to, you know, socialize and to be growing and developing, not to be scared or embarrassed or anxious about what's in their lunchbox. So, I try to make sure it's things that I know they'll like. I'm not throwing in any surprises necessarily. Um, and then also make it accessible to them. You know, can they open this thing or do they need help peeling their orange? And that's going to take too long. I know, especially for like my five-year-olds, my twins are five. They're not going to be able to, to peel an orange quickly. So I'll peel it for them. So thinking about those things, I think is helpful. And then also, you know, as far as the plant-based meals, what components of those can I break down or can I put into a lunch that doesn't need to be reheated, for example? Mm -hmm. um, if you have the option to reheat at your school, then you could do that. But we use a thermos sometimes to keep foods warm. But also my kids don't care if they eat cold mac and cheese, for example, um, or if they have like a muffin that's mostly thawed, but not all the way. They're not going to complain. They usually eat it anyway. So just thinking about stuff like that, um, I think is helpful. Wow, those are great tips. I love that. And I love how you do arrange them into that bento box style because that helps in your brain just check off some of right. those items. Are you able to give us some examples of what you would put in your children's lunch for each of those items? Yeah, absolutely. So for grains, a lot of times we will do um, even like those instant rice bags, like those 90 second um, whole grain bags. There's a lot of really good ones now that have quinoa, or like a whole grain rice blend. Um, and a lot of times you can find low sodium even. So sometimes I'll do one of those or a leftover rice or whole grain pasta or, or like chickpea or lentil pasta that we had the night before. I'll use that as maybe a grain um, or like a whole grain bread. Um, sometimes we do a whole grain cracker. For snack, um, I'll do like maybe a whole grain muffin or an oatmeal based muffin. I try to also, since we're doing snack and lunch, I try to also look at that as a whole picture. So maybe I don't have two whole grains, you know, maybe I do, but depends on, you know, the size of them. Also for both a grain and like a protein and fat combination, I really commonly do, like I said, a muffin that will have oats and then maybe also flax or chia or a nut butter. We're allowed to have nuts at our school. Um, some schools you can't, but you could do a seed butter. Mm -hmm. And then also like protein balls or bites or bars. Um, those are, you know, it, some people kind of joke or make fun of me like, wow, you make those yourself? They're so quick. You know, those are really quick. Those take minutes to make. So I, I, I don't mind making those and keeping them extra in the freezer. That's That happens pretty quick. For proteins, we really commonly do roasted chickpeas. My kids love chickpeas and I do a lot of different flavors of them. You know, I'll, we'll do zatar seasoning or chili lime seasoning or barbecue or like pizza flavor or nacho flavor. 
chickpeas oh. and they'll just eat them cold. Um, but they're roasted. Um, so they enjoy that. Uh, they really like hummus as a protein. Um, sometimes we'll do a sandwich that will have a plant-based deli slice on it. Um, that's kind of more like a treat food for us since that's a little bit more processed than some of the foods that, that I put in there, but we'll do that. Today, they had a whole grain bread sandwich that had almond milk cream cheese, like the Kite Hill cream cheese with some veggies on it. We'll do that a lot of times, kind of like a, like a small tea sandwich yeah. um, type idea. They're not big fans of, but I always try to introduce um, like a wrap that has like hummus and veggies. I'm still trying to convince them that that's a, a good thing to eat, but they don't, <laughs> not all four of them like it. So I don't do it as often. <laughs> a couple of them do. And then I always do a fresh fruit, a fresh veggie, usually in snack and lunch, no matter what it is. And I always look for something green. Okay. Like, so like I also want it to look visually appealing. And yeah. so I try to think of what's the green thing or what's the different color thing. So it's not all brown, all orange. Yeah. you know, something like that. Oh, so nice. I, I'm really hungry. And I know that I already posted this on, <laughs> on one of your comments that um, I would like to be adopted into your family so that you will make me lunch every day. Absolutely. As well. So <laughs> I mean, I know you're just a little busy and my appetite might be a little bigger than your kids, but I think you can handle it. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Come on over. All right. So what would you say are your kids favorite items that they just get super excited for yes so they love when i do um the chickpeas they actually go crazy for which i think is funny like yeah. they're so happy about barbecue chickpeas but also they really like leftover pizza or mm. if i make a pizza quick in the morning and some of the you know i'm not a overnight packer like i don't pack the night before because i think a lot of fresh things sometimes get kind of smooshy, you know, if you've cut them or sliced them the night before. So I try to do it all fresh in the morning, but I can do that while I'm making breakfast for them or while I'm helping arrange that since they're a little bit older. And, um, you know, I don't have my baby is only two months now. Once he starts getting a little bigger that I think that's going to be tricky and I might have to do more meal prep the, the night before. But for right now, I do it mostly in the morning. But the things that they commonly really like is when I make something fresh in the morning, like a quesadilla. Um, I'll just put refried beans out of the can on a whole wheat tortilla or a corn tortilla, maybe with a little vegan cheese or a cashew cheese that I have left over. Um, I'll do that. I'll do a pizza. Like I said, I'll do sort of like a version of a Lunchable. Like if I do something that has sliced meat and cheese and crackers or something on a skewer, those are the things that they seem to, to be excited about. I also recommend to patients, if you cut anything into the shape of a star, there was a study <laughs> it's always that a showed, win, right? Showed, yeah, there was a study that showed that kids will eat anything if it's a star shape or nearly anything. So anything that's cut into a star, I think it's helpful. Or using some of those little picks, you know, fruit picks or something, I think are, are fun too. They like to be fancy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. All right. That's great. Okay. So this is a common thing that I hear a lot and it's not happened to me before. You kind of alluded to it earlier, but have your kids ever been teased about their lunches at school or have they ever felt worried about what they're taking to lunch and wanted you to change it up? What are your thoughts on that? Yes, they have. I think it at least my two older kids have. Um, and maybe when they were like second grade, first grade around that age, um, when kids are curious and also willing to speak up, you know, um, they, they have had friends, um, say like at the lunch table, like you, or what is that? Or, you know, what's that thing? Um, some kids have said things like, 
can I eat that if it's vegan and I'm not vegan, you know? Um, and so that's kind of funny. They're like, yes, you can also eat vegetables. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that you don't have any today, you know? Um, so I've tried to help them know when those situations come up that, you know, that's a part of life. That's normal that, you know, these things happen and it's unfortunate, but how can we help them to be, you know, sort of an advocate for themselves, but also for healthy living in general. Because I think it's a good opportunity to sort of teach their friends if they can, you know, to just say like, oh yeah, this is a chickpea. This is why I eat it. It gives me protein. It gives me energy. Um, it helps me stay healthy. So this is why I have it. Do you want to try one? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, pre-COVID when this was, you know, like an option to, you know, to maybe trade trade some of our lunch. Um, but I think that, yeah, it can be anxiety provoking if there's something um, that even your own kid is scared about. So this is like, I'm not sending kale, kale salad, you know, they'll try kale salad at home, but I'm not sending something that their friends might think is suspicious, <laughs> you know, looking, Yeah. not because they have to fit in, but like I said, it's to get them fed. That's the point of lunch, yeah. not to, you know, have something that's intimidating. So, and then also something I think is really helpful is looking over the school's lunch menu and also asking my kids, what did the other kids have today? Like, what was the hot lunch menu? And would you like it if mom recreated that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I could put a vegan hot dog in your lunch if that's what your friend has and you always want to be similar to them. You know, I'd be happy to do that. And I, and I have done that before. That is one thing that my daughter gets excited about if she has beans and franks in her thermos. Um, so things like that, like, can I recreate a school lunch food Um to help sort of combat that. Like, so their friends say, oh, you are like us. You know, I I think the social aspect of lunch is really important. Yeah, those are such great points. But it sounds like even though that happened to your kids, it didn't scare them away from having to take their lunch or anything like that. They were able to recover and learn some skills and tools to, you know, say something different or respond to it if it happened again. Right, well, and, and I think that part of that was that they said, but we're doing it because it's what, we know is best for our bodies, right, mm-hmm. mom? And I said, yeah. you know, yes. And so that's why they said, well, then that's what we're going to do. You know, they said, this is this is who we are. And like, they'll even tell me like, oh, so-and-so said they eat strawberries. Those are vegan, right? And I'll say, <laughs> you know, yes, good job. You know, like you're finding commonalities and you're figuring out, you know, how this works. And like I said, they've been starting to advocate for themselves. And then also telling their teachers, you know, it's not an allergy, it's not that we can't have these foods, but this is what we're choosing. So, mm-hmm. you know, can I can I bring these certain snacks or treats that like the teacher can keep like in her desk or in her cupboard so that if there is like a birthday or some celebration, can my kid have one of those instead? And they've always been very gracious. You know, yes, of course, you know, like we understand that's a great idea. And sometimes they've said, can you come talk to the other kids? Cool. You know, can you give us a short, a short lecture, a short presentation about healthy eating? And I've done that several times at, at our school for different grades. And now for a very important message. Hey, mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? 
Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. Awesome. So really great things have come out of this. So I love it. And I love how your kids have, you know, they trust you and they've adopted that mindset that, yeah, this is going to happen sometimes. And no, it's not the most fun thing, but we want to keep doing this. So I, I love that. Right. Another common thing that happens with plant-based vegan families is we have our well-meaning relatives, we have our well-meaning friends, even complete strangers <laughs> who want to save yes. our children <laughs> from some kind of, you know, deathly <laughs> deficiency. So what are your tips on how parents can respond to family and friends and strangers that comment on your child's diet or nutrition? Yes, I think, you know, first and foremost, educating yourself so that you know why you want to do this. Why Why are you choosing this so that it is not, I'm not sure, you know, someone told me that I should do it. You know, Dr. Dudley said it was cool. She had some cute pictures. And so I decided to copy it, you know, knowing what your purpose is, because um, these definitely come up and they came up for us all the time. They still do sometimes, you know, someone will say, you can eat this, right? It only has eggs and butter. And we're like, no, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, knowing how to talk about it and why you're doing it, you know, this is the reason why I choose to avoid those certain foods and why I'm choosing these other foods is because of this this reason and this purpose and these values that we hold. Um, and I think, you know, talking to your pediatrician to make sure that you're doing it in a balanced way for your child and for your family so that, you know, maybe you're not really um, adept at it yet, but you're learning, but making sure that you're having all of the right food groups represented, for example, so that it, it is something that is helpful and beneficial. And, you know, maybe when someone asks that question, taking it as a sign that maybe there is something that you need to look into to make sure that you are, for example, getting enough calcium or something. And then also sharing with them, you know, we are, we're doing this, this is why, and do you want some, or can we, can we bring the, our own food next time? You know, can we share a dish together? Can we make, you know, grandma's recipe, but make it plant-based this time? Or can we do whatever culturally appropriate dish we have at this holiday? Like, let's try that, but make it vegan. Um, I think that's been really fun for my family um, and for my friends and helpful to, to have them see why we do it. Mm -hmm. 
Those are awesome tips. And I agree. I think sometimes if we're not super confident ourselves yet about something, a comment from a stranger can really throw us off balance and make us feel just really unsure and uncertain about things. So it is important to continue to gather the information, continue to do the reading, listening to the experts, and just working with your child's healthcare provider to ensure that all the bases are covered. And it's not as difficult as people think it is, but we do have to be mindful right. about something. So that's great, great advice. Yes, definitely looking to the experts. That's something that that I think that you that you said, but that we that we that we should really emphasize because I think that sometimes people say, I don't know, some lady on a blog told me, but you know, like what are the experts saying? You know, and can we can we point other people to them? You know, so I've I have found, you know, when when someone has questioned me, I've said, okay, like I fully get that you don't understand this or don't think, but um, like, I know that you have this condition. Do you want to, like, can I send you an article about that? Or can I send you a, a, a podcast from Dr. Yami about that? Or can I send you what Dr. Greger on Nutrition Facts has to say about that topic? And I think that that's been helpful. Like, oh, there are other people that, you know, that agree with what you're saying. That's great. Okay. So this is a big one. What is something you wish you knew before you had kids? Yes. So, I mean, so many things, <laughs> all the things, even as a pediatrician, you know, I was pretty cocky thinking that I knew what I was doing. Oh um, yeah. I've been there, kids. done that. <laughs> yeah. I'm still doing that. I'm still doing that. So, um, I think one of the things that, you know, is, is in regards to what we're talking about tonight is that it is imperative that we know that, that I wish that I knew that kids don't need kid food or at least the standard American diet perceived notion of kid food. You know, kids can eat human food, <laughs> big people food. Kids can eat food from their own culture or their own background. And that can be very healthy and very nutritious, especially there's so many vibrant, you know, plant-based diets around the world, you know, that, that have um, great meals that we can feed our children. And I wish I knew that, there are so many foods that are appropriate for children that are not what is advertised or marketed towards children and that it is good to learn that they can eat actual adult food. Yes. Anytime. Yes. I feel so passionately about this, particularly when it comes to quote snacks. <laughs> you know, yes. like I just had this conversation with the parents yesterday that their child only likes to eat snacks. And I reminded them that a snack just means a small meal and it could be anything. Right. But here in the United States, we consider snacks, goldfish crackers, fruit snacks, and granola yes. bars, which is a whole different category of foods, <laughs> basically a bunch of processed foods, you know? So um, yeah, I think we shifting our perspective in like, there's no category of kid foods. There's no category of snack foods. Food is just food. Yes. And we can help our children learn to like the same things we eat. It doesn't have to be a separate menu, you know? Right. Right, which is why I put, or I try very hard most days, if I can, to put a vegetable in my kid's snack. Mm -hmm. Like this is also, like you said, it is a small meal. To meet your nutritional needs throughout the day, I am choosing to break it up in these ways. And I'm hoping that your body, you know, wants to take in these things and that you're willing to, you know, accept these foods that I'm offering. But when I take a diet history from some of my patients, you know, I'll just ask for a quick 24 hour, you know, recall sometimes. And I'll say like, where's the food 
in the food that you're eating, you know, none of those things are recognizable foods. You know, like you said, it's all goldfish crackers or, you know, really highly processed, ultra processed foods. Yes. Where's the food in that, you know? So yes, kids don't need those kinds of foods. The things that are marketed towards kids are really, really damaging, really horrible foods a lot of the time. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's where we are with the majority of kids in our country because right now, kids are deriving almost 70% of their calories from ultra-processed foods. 70%. Yes. The majority of their calories from ultra-processed foods. For a lot of kids, this is all they know, you know? Right. Um, So it is a big shift, but I think that for some families, even starting little by little, how can we just integrate more fruit? Just start with more fruit. Then we can maybe put in some beans and some veggies and things like that. But little by little, we can start to decrease the percentage of these ultra processed foods and increase the percentage of the whole foods. Well, and like you're alluding to, how can we add as opposed to take away something from our diet? Because if we crowd out the bad food with the good food, then eventually we'll be where we want to be. And, you know, starting small, I think is a great thing. You know, even just changing one snack a day into something, like you said, a fruit or a veggie is so helpful for for a lot of families. Just start start small. Start with something attainable. Yes. Well, this next question is going to be kind of similar, but what do you wish more parents knew about diet and nutrition? I wish that more parents knew that this can start immediately, that this, you know, the first foods that are recommended for our children are highly processed in a jar, you know, or in a pouch, those dreaded pouches, you know, um, and that, that we don't, that we don't need to start then with these foods that are marketed towards kids, you know, that we can start early. Um, but then I also want to want, wish that they knew that it's never too late to start, you yes. know, even 80 year old people who are still somebody's kid, you know, they can start choosing to make a change in their diet. So, you know, it's, it's never too early to start, but it's also never too late. You know, like you can do it, do, even making a change right now today is beneficial for your health. So, I wish that more people knew that and knew that they could be in control and that it was attainable and that it can be economically available, you know, to a lot of people that it doesn't have to be this expensive lofty idea um, that many people can make these goals happen. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Oh, you're such a fabulous pediatrician. And I love that because I hear from moms all the time, their kids, maybe they're five years old, preschool. And when I start teaching them these concepts, the first thing they feel is anxiety because their first thought is I've ruined my kids. I permanently damaged it. It's too late. And I reassure moms all the time. It's never, ever, ever too late. And don't worry. You were doing the best that you could. And now we know something different and we're just going to give this a try and we're going to continue to just do the best that we can. Absolutely. It was Maya Angelou, right? When we know better, we do better, you know, so let's, let's make a change today. You know, how can we, how can we start where we are, you know, meeting people where they are, I think is one of the most important things we do in any topic, let alone their diet that is so personal to their family and to their culture, you know, like here's where we are today. Now that we know better. Let's take a step forward. And humans are so adaptable. Just like you were saying, there are 80-year-olds, almost 90-year-olds that are like, you know, I'm going to try this plant-based diet and see if I can extend my life a few more years. And they're like, I feel so good. I could keep going on forever. And those stories are just so inspiring to me that you can be at that age and not feel like you just need to give up on life. You can try something new and see how it affects you. Yes. Absolutely. You know, my parents, you know, God love them. They are, 
I try to, you know, encourage them to eat, you know, new foods and try new things. And they do, they're very healthy, you know, even to begin with. But like the other day, my mom was like, tell me more about this nutritional yeast. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> joke's on you. You've been eating it for years when you come to my house, you know, but like, <laughs> hey, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> I'd love to talk oh, about it. it. You know? <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's also wonderful. Okay. So tell me what your favorite resource is for plant-based parents. You know, this is, this is tricky. And I'm so happy that you have made, I was looking even today again at the guides that you have. I think those are fantastic resources for parents because like I said, there is, you know, there can be this quantity of information that is pediatric specific. A lot of it is geared toward adults, I feel like. And I think that you have really fantastic um, resources in your, your printouts that are available to families are great. So I'm not saying that, you know, just because we're, I'm here with you today, I think that they are really good. Um, I also love um, uh, Dr. Greger and nutritionfacts.org. I think that those short snippets that are evidence-based, you know, looking to the experts again, like we said, look to the experts. And I think that he has really great information. The Physician Committee for Responsible Medicine, PCRM, you know, they have um, a vegan, you know, starter kit for kids. And I think that that's really helpful, um, that information. Um, and then also um, the College of Lifestyle Medicine, you know, they have great handouts for children. And then one of my favorites that I think is, you know, those are all great. And um, yours is definitely geared more towards parents and families, which mm -hmm. I think is really helpful, um, as well as plant-based juniors. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, for a lot of parents that are younger or that have social media, I think that that's really helpful to have something that they don't have to like read a research article or read, read a scientific journal or to even be at that level to be able to understand some of the information that's out there. And I think that, you know, information like yours and like plant-based juniors is really at a level that we can all understand and has beautiful pictures and images that are helpful and, you know, short recipes that we can, that we can use. And I think those are really great resources. Awesome. Okay. We'll definitely put links to all of these resources, but I agree. Those are some of my favorites as well. So awesome. Okay, Dr. Dudley, this has been fantastic. And I know now everybody who doesn't already follow you wants to follow you on Instagram to look at all these beautiful lunches and so they can salivate over them. So please tell <laughs> us where we can find you and any other information you want to leave the audience with. Yes, you can find me at deliciously Dr. Dudley on Instagram, deliciously Dr. Dudley. And I try to post a lunch um a lunchbox picture every weekday that we're in school. And then I also post some fun, you know, snack plate ideas and dinner recipes and, you know, things that we do, um, even, even like lactation cookies and that kind of thing, you know, whatever's kind of going on in our life. I try to, I try to post those meals for ideas and, you know, just like I said, to give the visual representation, if not, if not also some of the information about why. Um, and I try to make it fun and lighthearted. So, so I do hope that if someone is looking for encouragement that they can find it there. Um, and also if there's something anyone wants to see, if they ask, I'd be happy to try to make a recipe or, you know, to veganize a family favorite or something. Um, those are things that I like doing, um, for fun from, you know, um, in my free time. Um, I think that if I was going to leave the audience with any information, it would be that, uh, you can inspire your family and your children to be healthy in the long term. You can inspire them to have a long, healthy life, a full life, and it can start today. You know, it doesn't have to be something that is difficult. It can just be 
like we talked about before, making small attainable goals and something that is sustainable and beneficial for yourself, for your children, for your family, for your health and for the environment. Um, something that's so beneficial, you know, to all of us, um, to start eating more plants and to have a long, healthy life. So that's what I would, I would like to leave everyone with. Oh, that's so wonderful and beautiful. Dr. Dudley, thank you so much for your time today. I know you are a busy woman. You have a lot going on. You're doing a fabulous job raising your children. So I really appreciate your time. And I'm so grateful for the time that you take to post those pictures because it really is helpful. So I appreciate you. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Thank you so much, Dr. Yami. This has been a true joy in my life. I really appreciate it. Oh my goodness, veggie lovers. Are you just in love with Dr. Dudley as much as I am? She is plantastic. I love her so much and she gave such amazing tips, but what I love the most is that she's relatable. She's a mom, she's a working mom. She has five kids. She's not trying to be some perfection. She's just trying to feed her kids well, do it in a sustainable way. She's working smarter, not harder. And really the way that she explained everything made it seem like any of us can do this. We can do this, don't overcomplicate it. Try this bento box style that she teaches. Your fruit, your veggie, a whole grain, you know, some sort of bean or something like that. And some fat source, you know, like the plant-based juniors, they have their plate. And we're going to be linking that resource for you to look at as well. But I think it's accessible. We can do it, y'all. We can definitely do this. And I hope that you really enjoyed learning from Dr. Dudley and that you feel a sense of relief. You got this, mama. You can approach these situations. If your kids are getting teased at school, you can approach it. If you're getting asked lots of questions by family members, you have some great resources. So I'm very grateful for Dr. Dudley for being on the show today and you know bringing us this relief and lots of excellent tips. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you loved it and I will catch you next week. Have a very plantastic day. Hey, veggie lover, I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. Plantastic day.